Welcome to Wise Disciple, the audio podcast. I'm so glad that you are listening. You may have discovered this podcast uh, purely from scrolling on your podcast app, or maybe you've been watching my YouTube channel and you're curious to hear more. Well, this episode is for you. I'm going to talk about who I am, what Wise Disciple is, uh, what we're trying to accomplish, and where this is all headed. And along the way, I'll probably read the scriptures with you because that's always beneficial for believers in Jesus Christ. Amen? So the first question is probably, you know, who the heck are you, right? (laughs) That's a great question that I very often ask myself as I stare in the mirror. Uh, (laughs) My name is Nate Sala. I was born on a small island in the South Pacific called American Samoa. Um, I'm a teacher by calling. I was a public high school teacher for a number of years, and then I uh, became a pastor. I did that for a number of years at a church in Las Vegas called Life Baptist Church. And currently, I work for an apologetics organization called Summit Ministries, and I am also a YouTube content creator for a ministry called Wise Disciples. So I'm a busy guy at the moment. I'm also the husband of a beautiful wife named Jessica, and I have two rambunctious sons, Samuel and Peter, and we live in Nashville, Tennessee. And that's not how you pronounce it. It's pronounced, uh, (laughs) we were told that when we moved here from Vegas. It's not Nashville, it's Nashville. Got it. Uh, (laughs) How I became a Christian is a little more involved. So I was born in the late 70s, grew up in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, The 80s was was a fun time, a lot of cool movies. Ronald Reagan was president. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were making basically the only movies in our entire culture that mattered. People were a lot less angry with each other. My parents were poor. Uh, They only had high school educations. So we sometimes struggled to get food on the plate, um, to, to have a roof over our heads. I remember at one point we were living in New Mexico in a house that had half a roof and no plumbing. We, we all had to use the restroom outside on the ground. We got canned food to eat from church donations. And there was this one time, uh, the few possessions that we did have got stolen one night when someone broke into our house. But we never complained, you know. My parents, they taught me well. Uh, they taught me to count my blessings they, they never taught me that there was something weird or that we were victims of poverty. Uh, my dad always, he, he was very lighthearted and made jokes about our situation. So I have actually very fond memories of my time growing up. My parents were Christians, but, uh, and, and they were actively involved in church. So that means that I was active in church, active in youth group, Uh, My dad was, uh, he was on the worship team at church. My mom was actively involved in helping out, putting on plays at the church. My mom was a dance instructor, so she did the choreography for the plays and things. Uh, But I was not saved. I read the Bible, memorized verses, memorized the books of the Bible, knew the content of the scripture. My pastors did their job. But somewhere along the way, nobody explained to me why any of this stuff was true. Nobody explained how the Bible is actual history and that the concepts it contains are all really true. So I grew up essentially treating the Bible like a story. And when I got old enough to want to do things that the story told me was wrong, I decided to get rid of the story. And at 17, I told my parents I would no longer go to church. 
And they were devastated, as you can imagine. And I stayed gone uh, until I was 30 years old. The story of my conversion is uh, dramatic, slightly. And uh, it's a very involved story. But what I can tell you is that when I got saved, the first thing that I had to do, because I was a very obnoxious atheist, uh, thought Christians were idiots, would make fun of them. You know, here I am as as a non-believer in my 20s, living for myself, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I've escaped the the Kool-Aid drinking, uh, Jim Jones style cult. You know, I'm the enlightened one. I, here, here I am, I've, I've got Nietzsche in one hand, uh, I'm, I'm reading all these, uh, you know, philosophers and, and people thinking I'm tremendously smart. And then I get saved. And the first thing that I had to do when I got saved was circle back around and answer questions that when I was a child, I probably did not even articulate in my brain. But now that I became a Christian at 30 years old, now I'm starting to think, man, I need, I need to understand this. And the first thing that I needed to wrap my head around was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so apologetics was seminal in my early formation as a Christian. I immediately started just boning up on things. I, I think the first thing I read was The Minimal Facts of the Resurrection by Gary Habermas. And the more that I learned about Christianity, the more that I got excited because I, 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 it just dawned on me that, man, this stuff is true. And the more that I read, the more that I learned, the more that I wanted to share with people. And that's where, you know, the calling to be a teacher comes in because I, I really do. I'm, I'm still an avid reader to this day. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. But again, when I learn something, I get excited and I just want to share it with other people. And so that's where I became a teacher. I, I, the first thing I did after getting saved and immediately starting to read and learn was I, I jumped into school. So I ended up going to uh, Liberty University and, and getting my theology degree. Uh, and uh, I remember towards the end of my time at Liberty, I was about to graduate and my wife looked at me and she said, so or, what does this mean? Are you going to be a pastor? And I remember thinking back then, there is no way that anybody in a million years would make me a pastor. <laughs> If they if they knew me, you know, if they knew how weird I am and, and they knew where I had been and what I had done in my past, nobody's going to, they would never let me up on stage at the pulpit to preach. Come on, that's ridiculous. So instead, I, because I had the teaching bug, I went back and got my master's degree in curriculum and instruction and I started teaching. And that's how I got into teaching at the high school level. And, um, uh, and then one day, so I'm kind of giving you the cliff notes of my background and my experience, but then one day I met my mentor, the, the man who would become my mentor, Paul Godhard, and he, uh, praise God, I, I, I guess he recognized in me uh, potential. And so he took me under his wing and he taught me how to be a pastor. He taught me how to preach. He taught me basically everything I know about pastoring and after we spent that time together, it was about a year, I think maybe a year and a half. And after that time together, 
I joined up uh, with the staff at Life, at Life Church, and uh, became a pastor. And, and, I, and I realized that I can't do it all, right? Like, I can't be a husband. I can't be a father. I can't also be a high school teacher full-time. And I can't be a pastor at this church. And uh, back in 2013, I had started this blog that, that was slowly blowing up uh, in what is now known as Wise Disciple. We, we called it something else at the time. So, so I'm, I'm spread thin. And so I had to make a decision when I jumped on to staff at Life to get rid of one of these things. And so I retired from teaching. And so then I, then I became a pastor and did that for a while. I was the discipleship pastor at the church. I trained up leaders in uh, the area of uh, discipleship and leadership. And I was also the young adults pastor. And um, that was fun. There was a lot that I learned there. Um, and, and, and always on the side, I was putting into this ministry called Wise Disciple, uh, which is a 501c3. So, so we're a nonprofit at the moment. Uh, got a team and a board, and uh, we're just plugging away on YouTube. And I've been, uh, so, so I, I got saved in 09. So I'm, I've been a Christian now as of this recording for uh, just about 15 years. And praise God, I have seen, he has allowed me to see so many cool things in ministry and watch people get saved and let me have a, a front row seat to that, which is always precious. I, it always chokes me up when I, when I see people get baptized and uh, profess faith. Well, maybe you're wondering, okay, Nate, uh, but what is Wise Disciple? You know, I've seen a couple videos on YouTube or I'm just checking you out for the first time. Like, what is this all about anyway? tell you a story. So in the Chronicles of Narnia, the voyage of the Dawn Treader, there is a character named Eustace who is arrogant and selfish. Uh, He's surrounded by people, but generally nobody likes him, right? One day Eustace gets shipwrecked on a mysterious island and he happens upon this huge trove of treasure. And so being greedy on top of, you know, his other horrible characteristics, he decides to keep the treasure for himself. And so He lays down on this one moment in the story. He just lays on top of this treasure and he falls asleep. But when he wakes up the next morning, he discovers that he has become a dragon. There is an important line in the story about Eustace, and it goes like this. Sleeping on a dragon's hoard with greedy dragonish thoughts in his heart, he had become a dragon himself. And so Eustace's story involves the journey to meeting Aslan and letting the lion undragon him. Every single day, the world around us, particularly our, our Western American culture, is seeking to entice Christians to become dragons. Every movie, every song, every ad, social media, mainstream media, every app that is created is causing us to think and act and speak like dragons. And it's affected the way churches do church. And it's affected the way that Christians live their lives. The, the, the cultural milieu within which we are situated is enticing Christians to become dragons, to look more and more like the world. Well, Jesus calls us to the opposite. He calls us to think and act and speak like him. 
In John 17, 16, Jesus shows us that we are not to be of the world, even as he is not of the world. Rather, he says in Matthew 10, 16, which is where we get the name of our ministry, the very name. He says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. That name, wise disciple, it comes out of Jesus' injunction in Matthew. And the reason I do this ministry is to help you become the effective Christian that you were meant to be. That means very practically thinking and acting and and speaking and leading more like Jesus day by day. Regardless of your background your, or your theological or doctrinal camp, you are in as a Christian. You are meant to navigate the world winsomely. You are meant to navigate the world effectively, the way that Jesus did, as wise as a dragon, but as innocent as a dove. And that explains this ministry in a nutshell. That explains the YouTube channel. It explains the type of videos I make, the podcast episodes. And, uh, you know, in terms of goals, we're dreaming about the future of Wise Disciple. You know, we're dreaming about uh, creating a community of folks who think like Jesus, speak like Jesus, act like Jesus, and lead like Jesus. So, uh, you know, every now and then somebody in the comments on the YouTube channel says, oh, look at this guy calling himself wise. Wise disciple is not describing me. It's not about me. It's describing the ideal that Jesus sets for all of his followers. And uh, it's, it's about creating a community of activated Christians who can do what I do every week on YouTube and on this podcast. Uh, I, you know, I'm not, it, it's not a, I, my dream is, is actually the same dream in a sense of, of what it was when I was a pastor, which is not to get up at the pulpit and invite everybody in the congregation to go out and bring all their friends back so that they can hear me preach the gospel. But it's, it's more that I help you do what you were called to do <laughs> to fulfill the Great Commission. And as you do more and more of that, I should recede. It shouldn't be about me at all. It's about being effective everywhere in the world, wherever the Lord has placed us. So, so that's the dream, you know? And uh, so we're dreaming about conventions. We're dreaming about creating a debate community. There is a, there is a series on the channel, if, if you've watched it, where I, as a former debate teacher— uh, look at theology and apologetics debates, and I talk inside baseball about who's actually winning, and I talk about best practices and principles to be a good debater. Well, what we're dreaming about is maybe at some point in the future creating a debate community here at Wise Disciple. So that's where, God willing, we are intending to go. Um, that's a direction. So, you know, Stay tuned. Um, subscribe to the podcast. These episodes that are coming after this episode are, are, are the audio versions of the things that I'm doing on YouTube. Uh, but I definitely encourage you to, uh, yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on YouTube. We also have a website, wisedisciple.org. Lots of tools for you to equip you as an effective follower of Jesus Christ. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to episode zero, perhaps. This is your starting point. Uh, maybe giving you a little picture and a window of who I am and what Wise Disciple is all about. I will return soon with more podcasts for you, but in the meantime, I'll say, 
Bye for now.